Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sam. How has your week been? It's been pretty good. I just turned 20, which is really exciting. Quarantine birthday. Okay, well, (laughs) I'm no longer a teenager anymore. It feels kind of scary, honestly. Like, now I just feel like there's all this pressure, you know? Before, I feel like I was, like, excelling. Because I was like, whoa, I'm doing all these things, and I'm only a teenager. Now, I'm in my 20s, I guess. You're, like, middle-aged. Yeah, I'm just, like, not special anymore. Um, I mean, I'm still considered young. So my birthday was really cute, except basically my friend from Penn put me on a Zoom call with all my other friends from home and Penn which was like so sweet and so cute. But I'm literally the worst person to surprise on a Zoom call. So it's kind of awkward, not gonna lie. (laughs) And they they showed like videos and photos of me. And so I just had to sit there and basically react to to the photos while they, my friends just watched me react to them. And half of those videos were TikToks I sent in confidence. And also put on the internet, but I still didn't want to react to them in front of my friends, you know. But yeah, I won the kahoot though. Oh yeah, so there's a, also a kahoot about me, and Sam redeemed himself. You were ahead by like a thousand points. So we just like, I feel like it's because I know you in college and know you back home, so it's like. Yeah, I mean, most of them were like not really about me. They were just like. Teresa touches her hair too much and walks like this. It was still cute, but also I looked kind of ratchet on camera, so I wish somebody had told me beforehand. So I could look a little bit cuter, so people would be like, damn, Teresa's 20 and she glowed up. Your birthday was um, an interesting time. I, I'm happy that I didn't have a Zoom birthday for mine because I've, I've attended a few at this point and I'm not sure any of them really lived up to it's just that you, once you have a lot of different people on a call that don't know each other, they don't really have anything <laughs> to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's different in real life when you can, like, take people to the side that you want to talk to. But, like, when you say something in a Zoom call, everyone hears it. Yeah. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking to the artist Mamadou over a cup of oolong milk tea. Great. Let's get started. So for today's drink, we have oolong milk tea. And bubble tea is very special to me, not because I'm Asian, but because senior year of high school, I peaked um, because (laughs) I had a lot of extra time and this new boba shop called Tamo opened up where I live, which is on New Chicago's campus. And I was drinking bubble tea there one day and I was like, this looks like such a fun place to work. Let me apply. So I rudely walked up to the stand and I was like, are you guys hiring? And the lady was like, yeah, uh, you can apply online. I was like, thank you. And it was not a great first impression because later when I interviewed, I realized that lady at the counter was actually the manager. And I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. 
but I didn't fuck up because I got the job. I got the job. And I really just felt like, I felt like I had interviewed and went through like resume screenings for this job because it just, it felt so great to get this job. That's still your favorite job you've ever had, right? Yes. Let me tell you, this job was so fun. So fun. First of all, because I was able to get a free drink every shift. And let me just plug Tamo into this podcast because they have organic loose leaf teas, not milk powders. All of their milks are fresh. Again, we don't use milk powder. We hand make the boba. That shit takes so long. It It's like a workout, you know? It's just the quality is amazing. Their teas are amazing. The staff is great. On shifts alone, I had aux for the whole store, which was powerful for me. And I just met some really great people. Today, I got my oolong milk tea. I only get 25% sweetness because I really don't like sweet things. And um, I also don't really like boba that much. So <laughs> I got these like these jellies. I got a rose flavored jelly and I ordered a regular, but Jenny, who is my old manager, she gave me a large and she always does that when she sees that I order, even though their business is struggling through COVID as all businesses are, she still gave me a large. Right, I'm gonna cut this plug short because most people don't live in Chicago. <laughs> so. He's still large, so <laughs> let me finish. So, um, given now that we have more listeners, if y'all live in Chicago, please go to Tamo Boba Bar. They have locations in Hyde Park. They have a location downtown. Um, I feel like they have another location, but I don't know where it is. But please support this business. They made me have such a great time senior year of high school and to this day I look back on this memory and I was like damn I really did peak I did peak so anyways that was my short little blurb (laughs) eat that so the drink that we have on the show today is um oolong bubble tea I got it with boba Teresa got it with rose jelly um I actually got it from this place that I've never been to before it's called uh shit well it's called something but i poked the name with the straw yeah <laughs> so i can't see it anymore it's like by campus but it's not like gong cha or anything else um but yeah it's pretty bomb um i love bubble tea especially on hot days and in new york today it is 90 so just trying to stay alive <laughs> This podcast has turned into the weather channel. <laughs> also, Boba's just great because it's just like Chinatown is just one of the few places that are open until like late, late at night because the Chinese people know what's up, you know, they stay lit. American people be oh, wait. stores at 7 p.m. Why? Okay, though, like at this point, there's more Boba on college campuses than in Chinatown, though. Okay, but let me finish. Let me finish. Boba places are run by Asian people who are lit. So Boba That's places- like also not always facts anymore. Oh my <laughs> god. Shut up. There'd be like mad white boba places now. But it's it's chill. 
my point was that are usually open late. So mm. when you're after dinner, you're like, what do I do now? Don't really want ice cream. Ice cream place probably closed. You know, like I would go to a museum, but museums close so early. Hashtag open museums at night. Anyways, so then you end up at your local boba shop. And sometimes these boba shops have board games in them as well. And that's a fun time. And all your friends are at the boba shop. Everybody's at the boba shop. So shout out. Just an extended plug for boba. (laughs) What does this segment turn into? Bro, that's because if Asian people ran everything, everything would be more lit. Asian people would have museums open at night. Mm-hmm. Bro, in Asian countries, museums also close early. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I think you may be confused. So we're going to move on and introduce our guest for the show today. We're going to have on rapper and student Mamadou, and he just released his newest album, Two Stitch Arose, and we've been really digging it. And as a fellow student, we wanted to ha- have him on the show to talk kind of about the process of being a student, recording his newest album while at home during quarantine, and what it's been like to not really be able to do any shows and interact with the people that are listening to his music. The first listen of the album, throughout the album, I just really appreciated, first of all, how professional sounding, like it was very well done, very coherent. I was really impressed basically by the production quality. Um, And also I feel like I'm definitely really intrigued by um, the album cover, which seems to be a collage of him and his childhood photos but again I'm not really sure um also really interested to hear just about his writing process his production process his influences and just in general like how long it took for him to put together this album because I genuinely did vibe with so many of the songs my favorite one is definitely childhood memories I think it's rare to actually see an actual like album of finished products come out. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear about that process of actually putting together that product because there are so many songwriters, there's so many rappers on every campus, and I feel like putting together that finished product is something you rarely ever hear. So it'll be dope to talk to him because I think it's just such a dope example of like what more artists can be doing and how they can present themselves differently to their audience. But we're going to call him up right now. Super excited to have him on the show and hope you guys enjoy the um, interview. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well yourself. Pretty good, where are you calling in from? Uh, from Harlem, New York. I'm up on 125th and Riverside right now. Oh, you here? All right, that's love. Are you going back to school? Uh, yeah, but it's um, it's gonna be virtual. It's gonna be online. Um, mm-hmm. so that's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, really, cause last last semester like it was pass fail. Um, but it's really gonna be like, um, grades gonna be mattering. So I don't know. I'm a <laughs> just trying to just trying to enjoy these last few you know seconds of summer. Um, before I tap in, bro. 
we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Penn still has pass fail. You can like pass fail any class still. Man, y'all, y'all, yeah, I go, I go, I go to Columbia, so man, they don't, they don't care at all. <laughs> they, Sam was telling me how they didn't even care when they kicked you guys out. Like man. his pass were harder. Everything was harder. <laughs> man. Yeah. They act like they care, but like they do subtle things to like let you know they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. Uh, yeah. No problem. Um, we really love the album. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We're just going to ask you to quickly introduce yourself and then introduce the drink that you brought on. Yeah, I got it. I just got it right here. You know what I'm saying? I forget. I forget. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can, I can introduce myself. Yeah, my name is Mamadou. Um, I'm 20 years old. Uh, I'm originally from Harlem, New York, but my family is originally from Bamako, Mali, West Africa. Um, yeah, I consider myself a poet, a songwriter, uh, producer, instrumentalist. Uh, it's, it's just a storyteller in general. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And the drink I got, I don't know if you guys like, it's a VH, like tropical blend. Um, you know what I'm saying? I just be rocking with those type of drinks, you feel me? So. Uh, yeah, that's just what I got right now. That was in my refrigerator. Uh, so yeah, totally. <laughs> that's healthy. You know what I'm saying? Got to, got to, got to treat the body. Once you treat the body, treat the soul and the mind. You feel me? So it's, a, it's all <laughs> in the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yo, that sounds great. Um, could you tell us a little bit about like the new album? Could you just let everyone know like when it released and some details on the album too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so like just released my my debut project. It's been almost like two weeks. Yeah, it released officially August seventh. Um yeah, it's it's been surreal. Um it's definitely been a journey prior to that and to that moment. But yeah, it's it's been it's been cool, you know, putting it out to the world and seeing how people uh, resonate with the work. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that journey? Like where was the project recorded and how long did it take to get all the songs together? You know, to backtrack a little bit, I think in, just in terms of like what I was grappling um, in the midst of that time of creating that project, um, you know, it kind of it kind of was that 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 avenue and that thing that I needed to take in order to to dissect and really process the the things I was going through and the and the mental as well as like the the external wars that I was I was um you know battling and trying to trying to win. You know what I'm saying on a day to day basis. Um, and try to maneuver through. So I feel like, you know, kind of generally speaking, like it just it just was an organic process just because one, um, that was really like my first, first time really creating a project from scratch. I had made um, a high school mixtape, you know, prior to that. Um, you know, that was like kind of like me tapping into it um, with the music a little bit, but this was really a project where it's like we built it from scratch, built it from like really everything I was, um, you know, dealing with from like yeah, twenty seventeen to like twenty nineteen, uh, and building from the ground up. Um, so, I think generally speaking, um, that's that's kind of how it came. Like it was just you know me and, and you know two two good friends, two talented brothers. We know a lot of people who are like artists, but rarely do people like actually put out like a full length project. Was there like a turning point in your experience where you were like, in order to dissect what I'm feeling right now, I have to like get into music mm, the journey of like my creative arc has always been poetry first i've always been a uh you know writing poetry first um you know seventh grade 
um, just growing up in Harlem, like one of my one of my good teachers, um, a mentor to this day, like um, he was an English te- my English teacher. Um, he he introduced po- poetry and creative writing, black poetry, uh, in our in our class. And I feel like you know, for public schools, like it's rare to find teachers that will put that into the curriculum. Um, so I think there, that's where it really started. Uh, just like in terms of like just me getting into that journey. Um, poetry and dabbling with just like you know the storytelling through the walls. Um, I continue to try to evolve and like you know continue to you know grow as an artist and grow as just a, as a writer as a storyteller. Um, I think you know I kind of found myself naturally in those pockets of of R and B and hip hop and, and like you know tapping into those to those realms of art. Um, so I think yeah, once the time comes to do to create that project, um, I just feel like it was just I think you know, the the natural, just like the evolution of, of myself as a storyteller and the things I was doing, I felt like, you know, my poetry was intertwining with my songwriting and vice versa, my songwriting was intertwining with my poetry. And I feel like, yeah, that was like the turning point. I think I sat down with my, with my two friends and like, yo, we're going, I'm gonna try to, I'm trying to make a project. Like I'm trying to really, you know, to tap into the, you know, um, you know, the feelings and just everything, how I feel as well as just the passion. Um, I think that was just like, all right, let's lock in. Um, and from like, yeah, 2018 to like, to, to now, I think that was really the, let me take it a little bit more seriously. And you just talked about your background in poetry. Like we were wondering what your inspirations are for like your lyrics in general. And those could be like poets, they could be authors, they could be other rappers. Like who inspires you? Absolutely. I say, um you come out my inspirations like that list man it's huge it's like past current um you know everything in between um but i think just in terms of like you know just like storytellers um man i go back to like you know i was inspired a lot before i even listened to to like soul music and hip-hop music it was a lot of um, molly music uh, and choral music in my household so like you got the salif kids um you got to money jbt and that whole lineage um just like the choral choral music is huge in molly with like um you know the instrument um this string instrument really passing down oral like stories and traditions from generation to generation and passing on those same things so i was growing up with that in the household um and that was inspiring too, just in terms of like the the musicality of it and the delicacy of the of the instrument. So that that was one of my first inspirations. And I think um, as it evolved, yeah, like growing up in Harlem, like I listened to all the soul, like I listened to Jodeci, SWV. I was listening to Keith Sweat, Harlem legend. You know what I'm saying? Like I was listening to all types of soul music, just like walking around and like you know hearing people uh, what they was listening to. Um, I think, you know, obviously for in terms of like that hip hop region, uh, you know, Nas, the Tupac's, the the Bigs, the um Rakim's, just straight, you know, just storytellers. Um, that was really my inspiration. I think right now, um, I'm loving Saba, loving Mick Jenkins, loving No Name. I love No Name so much. Um yeah. There's a lot of Chicago people. I love hey, I feel like, you know, my heart is like I think in terms of like you know that pocket. I love. I love that what they doing. Like I love. I'm. I'm a huge fan of the Mick Jenkins. Like yeah, we're both um, from Chicago. So hey, y'all from Chicago. Hey, that's love. And yeah. hey, for real, like that's really in terms of like right now, right now, like that's where my heart is at. Um, mm-hmm. you know those 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 that those type of you know those cadences and flows and stuff like that for sure. Um, Brett Fias, I'm loving. I'm loving that that um in his whole group. Uh, Sonda. 
I think when Mavi came onto the podcast, he said that No Name oh, yeah. is inspiration as well. So mm. shout out No Name. <laughs> hey, shout out Mavi too, man. Like, y'all yeah. just had talked to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked to him about his new new album. It That's was, crazy. Yeah, he was freaking awesome. What I noticed about your album was also that it sounded very high quality. Like the production just seemed like professional. So thank you so much. How did you get that sound? I mean, you know, like I, it was me, me alongside my my, my two good friends, um, Donovan Simpson and Christian Cannon. Um, you know, we all we all was like producing and like doing putting our hands with it. Uh, so, it, like I said, like, you know, a lot of it was just organic and kind of like the grace of God, like just really meeting those people at those times, like creating those bonds and, um, you know, improving as a writer along that whole journey. Um, so I, I just give credit to all of us just like as a as a group, um, just really, you know, you know, showing up for one another and, um, you know, sacrificing and, and being willing to teach one another a lot. and. Um, so yeah, it was, it was collective. It was a collective effort for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. As another Columbia student, this school year can just get really hectic and just yeah, like going into a mess really quick. How do you like make sure to keep writing poetry, to keep like staying on your musical grind, even when school gets to be a lot? Man, um, you know, for me, and I think uh, this whole quarantine and everything like that is really. I think put a lot of things into perspective. Um, but it's like, you know, you have to, you have to find that balance of, you know, taking breaks for yourself and also showing up for yourself. And both, both, both can be ways of actually just showing up for yourself. Like, you know, really just detaching yourself and like, you know, really being about protecting, preserving your, your mental as well as just like your physical, as well as just like, you know, tapping into the art form and like, you know, uh, you know, making sure you're showing up for your art and showing up for your, for your, you know, for your craft. So I feel like, you know, for me, I've been out, it's always been that balance, especially during these times. Um, and I think, you know, just, just, there's always, for me, it's just like, there's always time to create space for what you care about. You know, this, you know, as, you know, as cliche, it sounds like there is 24 hours in the day. Right. And I think the biggest, the mental shift I had to make was just like, if I put, a certain amount of hours like into something that I love until I care like something will manifest like whether it's this or that like that's all material and like measuring but it's like putting 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 passion putting effort and all that stuff like um you know we'll we'll create some type of manifestation so for me it's always like let me create you know pockets of time for myself um, you know, to write and to, to have the opportunity to express myself. So I'll take, uh, uh, you know, the first time when I wake up, I'll try to write journal and don't even, you know, uh, and don't be hard on myself too, you know, because I think the, I think as creatives and writers, there's a, there's a, you know, this, this feeling of like, yo, I have to get it right. Like when I'm doing it, like I have to create the art. And I think, you know, just like, putting yourself in and like, you know, not, not being too hard on yourself and like judging yourself will allow yourself to, to keep growing as this, as this, you know, person who's, you know, pursuing the art form. So yeah, the, uh, I feel like I went on a little tangent, but altogether that's kind of how I process it. Like, don't be hard on myself, take the breaks, um, mental breaks, as well as, you know, spiritual breaks from, from just everything and coming back to it um, with no biases and 
um, open mind, open mindedness. No, yeah, that's super important. And I think that a lot of people our age are like just starting to realize that because of quarantine. Yeah. Um, but just in general, do you think the project would have come together as quickly as it did if not for this like weird staying at home time? Or mm. do you think any part of this moment has? either put you more in the present or like what have you discovered through this process man i'm glad you asked that question just because like i mean just so many so, so many so many thoughts about timing you know what i'm saying like i think that's the biggest thing for me um and I, what i've realized like it's it's timing everything in life like and sometimes it's a loss like i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm, I'm muslim like uh sometimes it's a lost time and over everything and I feel for me, I feel like that's just being shown, you know, just what's happening in our world. But yeah, timing, you know, I feel like because I'll just I'll tell y'all, like, you know, when initially before, you know, the pandemic happened, like our thought was we were we were gearing up to to finish the project in March. And we were we were excited. We had like a couple shows. We um we were going to to open we we're gonna open up for Mike. I don't know if you guys know him. Um, we're gonna open up for. You're gonna open up for Mike. Yeah, we and um, it was gonna be at Middle Middlebury. That's oh wow! Sick. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was gonna be cool and like you know, but obviously, unfortunately, that got that got canceled and you know, we had we were we were ready like after spring break, like when we was gonna you know start going. Um, you know, obviously, you know, things happen and. It was for us. It was never like, oh, like we're gonna, we need to just put it out, just to put it out. It was always just like when the time is right, you know what I'm saying? Just because like, I feel like the only thing that that makes people rush is just like this idea of like feeling to compare yourself to other people. Like, I have to put this out now because I want to, you know, I have to, I have to like do it. And it's like for what? Because like when you think about it, as long as you're, you know, as long as you reach your barometer of success, then it's like that. Like that's the only true, you know, the true test that you have to really, you know, um, pass. You know, obviously, you know, you wanna you wanna be able to, you know, connect with, interact with the, you know, the world. But when it comes to the art, I feel like um, you have to remember who you're doing it for, right? So we just wanted to talk about a couple of our favorite tracks on the album too. Personally, I really love the song uh, "Love Don't Rain." Love don't rain on this sun no more. Love don't rain. Force of my soul within the time we spent, sprinkled darkest to go. And girl, I let you peep my robe. I made your favorite tunes. I let you in my darkest secrets. No one hears my secrets. Man, fuck, I let you. I was wondering if you could kind of take us through your process of writing the lyrics on that track because I feel like they just flowed so well with oh, thank you so much. general vibe of the track. And I was wondering, like, what is your writing process? How do you get into that groove of um, the beat and the track in general? Yeah. Uh, no, thank you so much, man. I, man, I wrote that. I wrote that. I wrote those lyrics in 2018. That's why it's like when I listen back, I'm like, dang, like, I don't know how I feel about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I've just grown so much because, uh, I mean, you know, the sentiment, um, you know, just, just like young love and like, you know, feeling like, you know, things were were not going to be, you know, not got not looking good for me in terms of like my process uh, what i thought about you know my significant other but um looking back it's just like i'm i was just so young like i was literally so young like you know what i'm saying and so it's like it's it's 
it's funny like seeing seeing projects and like looking back like you know like i feel like i've, I've matured too so much at you know period of time um but yeah like the songwriting for that was like 2018 20 yeah 2018 2019 um and that was cool too because that was that was like one of the first times I was able to also collaborate with other instrumentalists too. Cause like, you know, alongside my two, my two good friends, like we also, you know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, people who played piano and played guitar and like, you know, um, pulled up and like, it, that was cool to really like, you know, having, having like a couple heads, like, you know, collab and like, you know, trying to get certain vibes and aesthetics. Um, and that was, that was really cool for me too, in terms of like really, uh, you know, getting that, getting that experience. But yeah, that was that was just like we would we would like write. I would write a little bit um, to like certain parts of the beats. Come back, you know, come you know, attack different parts, you know, different melodies, um, you know, and try to and try to experiment. I was just I was really interested in the in the phase of like let me keep experimenting with my flow, um, you know, based on my in my experiences and my inspirations, just try to put that all together. So yeah. so yeah, that was that's how it came together. Is there any track on this project that you feel like? represents your writing process now like how it's evolved like is there a more recent track that shows how you write differently now mm. i like i like love don't rain i say love don't rain is one i think childhood memories is one i say the the beat the first half of home going is how i yeah because i feel like i evolved um from 28 because yeah because a, a lot of the songs are a mixture from like lyrics i wrote in like 2018 to like you know uh you know towards the end of the project um and i think yeah those 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 songs like were really the songs like i really pushed myself out of my and internal thoughts the interludes too those were those were songs where i really pushed my comfort zone and like what i was comfortable i was i was writing a lot i think before um and like just i feel like really traditional like 16s um and nothing nothing wrong with it you know nothing wrong with that i just i just think I started really playing with like my flow, um, you know, certain rhyme schemes and couplets and um, alliteration. Um, I started really playing with, I really just started intertwining a lot of my poetry and like really pushing that into my songwriting um, and not being afraid to like, um, yeah, not sound like standard in like some of my cadences. Um, so yeah, I think those, those those are a couple songs I was like you know I feel like those are definitely in terms of like how I approach um, like scheme rhyme schemes and patterns and um, I think those are definitely representative of how I, how I try to approach things now. Yeah, I was gonna say my favorite track is Childhood Memories. Who is the person that comes on at the very beginning? Mm, yeah, because that was sort of the album version was a little bit different. Um, just because like the we we just re we released that song a year ago. Uh, in April yeah yeah but um yeah so that the album version we had yeah one of my good friends Aaron um yeah I would say I said I think you I don't know if you know but yeah, yeah but Aaron Aaron is awesome um and yeah I just I just wanted to I wanted to try to keep a theme um I think I think something that like I took a step back and like you know just hearing like you know reviews and you know just talks with like you know people I'm close with when we were in the process of putting out the albums like the theme of like maternal maternal care and maternal love and um you know we try to we try to keep that that idea of like waking up um you know and in that beginning towards like you know kind of 
kind of towards the end. And yeah, Erin, yeah, Erin is, Aaron, she's, she's amazing. I love her. And then kind of going off of that theme of childhood memories, can you explain your album cover? Because I feel like I assumed it was just like pictures of you, but I'm also not sure. So can you explain how that fits in with your whole album and how you came up with that artistic vision? Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, first shout out, you know, uh, my homie Annie. Um, she goes to Barnard. Yeah, she helped me. She's been helping me, like, with the past couple, like, you know, my album covers. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the cover right now. Yeah, I mean, it was basically uh, to do a couple of things. I love, like, I love collages. Like, that's one of my, my things right now. I just, um, I just really just been inspired by it and, like, this idea of, like, weaving things together um, and seeing things from past and present kind of intertwining. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just want to do a collage. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a, it's a couple pictures of me, myself, a couple of my friends, um, my cousin passed away, um, my good friend Ta, uh, from, you know, middle school passed away as well. Um, family. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's basically for the most part, the main things on, on the thing and like, you know, kind of having like the little roles on the side, just like in terms of like this representation of like the roles, um. I, I've been so I've been so intertwined with it, um, you know, just because I feel like the reason why I use the rose um, emoji and like just like that rose uh, symbolism, I just feel like I've seen that in different pockets of my life and happiness and sadness. Like, you know, you see a rose at a at a you know celebration on a date, and you see a rose at a funeral. Like, you see, you know what I'm saying, like you see uh, that 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 um, that symbol. And, and everything so I was kind of saying like how do you how do you stitch that together how you put how you put those pieces together to really create uh, a rose and I feel like we all are roses and you know I just think yeah, I kind of just try to create that have that little maroon background is the is the back and um yeah that was all in all I guess my my inspiration for 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 the, for the album cover yeah and kind of going off that theme of collages just it seemed like you had so many collaborators on this project and like some that like weren't necessarily credited as a feature and just their voice kind of popped in, which I loved. Um, but how was it working with all these different people and how did you like pick who you wanted to work with for the project? Yeah, um, man, it was, it was, it was like, it was just a blessing too. I mean, honestly, like it was, it was a blessing. Um, you know, I, Vanessa, um, you know, who's Wiley, is just somebody I just respect. Uh, you know, since I got, since I got to, to Columbia, um, and yeah, I always, I always just wanted to, to do something with her, and I feel like, you know, the, the song, I think, going back to that last question, Usula Reminisce is probably also another uh, song that represents my song right there now, but that was, that was a blessing, um, just being able to tap in with, with, uh, with her on that, um, and yeah, on the, First couple, I think the first song, uh, Soil, uh, you know, with, with Ua and, and TV Nomad, was, that's Chloe. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a blessing. Like, I, 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 you know, I've known Ua since my freshman year, and I've always been amazed at her talent. She's, she's amazing. She's so amazing. Her voice is, um, you know, so angelic, so powerful. Um, and I met Chloe through, through Krishna. Um, so yeah, like it just it just was like I said, organic. Like it wasn't even like like it was just like energy, like like you know, resonating with one another, resonating with the with the with the 
with the the art and just being willing to collab. So I just I have a lot of gratitude for them, you know, being willing and and, and wanting to, to to work with me um, and to work with us. Um, and obviously, you know, I think what's it called Donovan? Yeah, Donovan is on Comfort You. Um, and, and yeah, man, I mean, he's you know he's so talented, so multifaceted, you know, as a as a creator. So yeah, like I said, like I just I just was blessed. It was just really organic throughout the the span of the two years, and like you know, collabing with those people in different pockets. Um, on my the the last track, that second part, I was I collab with um, Ethan or his his artist name is Oswald Fresh. Um, Ethan O'Neill, and it was cool, you know. Within a, a few times, we we were connecting, being able to connect with him. So I just yeah, throughout the journey, I learned a lot. I was able to improve myself as a producer. That, writing and just be around a lot of people who are you know extremely talented so um yeah just organic and, and blessed you know that's the that's the only way I could put it yeah that's kind of interesting because also last week when we interviewed Armin Hammer we were like talking about the collaborators and they're like we we're just vibing and it yeah. came together organically and it, it sounds that way on the track as well was there a specific message you wanted to get across or an audience you wanted to reach or had in mind? I think it's crazy just like to see how the project evolved. Um, I think at first it was just like, it was just kind of, you know, me me and Donovan back in 2018, just kind of just talking about what we wanted to do, like kind of make it like a mixtape, a couple songs. And I think as it continued to, to, to deepen in the, in the, my songwriting to continue to get more, uh, you know, intentional, um, I started writing just like to to paint the picture of like what was going on, you know, mentally as well. Just like you know, outside, outside, uh, and that was the first inspiration. Like, let me I'm, let me just make that picture and paint that picture. But I think you know, um, at the towards the completion, I was like, you know, I'm just I'm trying to do this for for you know for young black boys in disenfranchised neighborhoods. You know, hope bottling in a lot of emotions and and being unwilling to share them. Like, I wanna I wanna hopefully you know, by young black girls who do the same, like, you know, people in these disenfranchised and communities who are holding and bottling up emotion, whether that be about young love, whether that be about, you know, um, losing somebody, losing yourself at, you know, at certain points, uh, and not knowing how to, you know, talk about these situations um, and bottling it up just because, like, that's the, that's what's seen as cool, that's what's seen as survival. Um, you know, and like you know, kind of creating that picture, um, um, and creating that canvas for for that discussion to 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 take place. So, I mean, you know, all in all, I think that was that was my inspiration, and like that was what, um, yeah, that was that was hopefully my intention. Like you know, to to put that out to the world, and, and to, I think at the end, always always put the most high at at the as the way in which I navigate, you know, cause I, I, it was a journey with even my, just like my, my belief and my belief in, in the most high. So, um, you know, that loss, but that also revitalization, um, in the faith. Yeah. And I think that definitely came through in the project. I definitely like felt that, um, love and like faith come through. We're wondering like what's coming next. What should people look out for? And like, what direction are you trying to take your music next? Yes, sir. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just steady working. I'm just steady working on new, new projects. Um, continue to, to work on my, just like my craft. Um, as a poet, as a, as a, as a storyteller. Um, so yeah, just, just stay tuned. A lot more projects, a lot more, um, just work, written work as well as you know, musical work. 
um, and yeah, just continuing to to collab with new with new people and um, a lot of features. Yeah, just a lot, just a lot of new work. Just just trying to keep doing things with an intention um, and, and purpose and, and do it to the love and the, and the faith. So I think that's that that'll be that's be my next steps. Like just stay tuned. Do you think that you could see yourself being like a musician, like as a career? Um, I mean, no, I've I've thought it. I think I think it could be cool. Like I think. I think it's like for me, like because I feel especially in our in our world, being a musician is twofold. I feel like it's about like one fold is like the art, and another fold is like the illusion of of you know this pedestal. And I, for me, I, I I try to you know as I continue to evolve and navigate, be conscious of that because for me, it's always about the art. It's always about um, you know the the content and the work that I'm creating. So for me, like I would. I would love to be like a it's a songwriter, you know, even if that would mean like writing for other people as well, um, or obviously, you know, creating my own work. Um, I just, I don't know, I feel like for me, it's just always just about like the, the creation, the what I put out and that other stuff's kind of secondary for me. So I feel like, yes, like Frank Ocean inspires me and how he moves, like, like that way, you feel me? Um, he, he puts out things with intention and he lives his life. Uh, so. You know, but we'll see. All, all praise to the most high for Yeah, no, that's yeah. super insightful. Thank you so much. We learned so much about you. This was awesome. Um Thank you guys. Yeah. Yep, yep. Y'all be easy. Yeah, you, yeah, you too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Mamadou and check out his album to Stitch Your Rose. You can find this episode on quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.